everyone, it's that time of week again where we stop, talk about marriage, and we want to challenge you to continue to fight for love. With that, we want to welcome you to the Loving the Fight Marriage Podcast. My name is Dawn, and I'm sitting here with my husband and my co-host, Travis. Yeah, I'm here with you, and I am so glad that you guys are tuning in. We are pumped to focus on life and marriage and really just to get real and talk about some things that are super relevant in all of our lives. And we just want to start with this. There is something that you guys may not know about us. I think we've alluded to it before, but we love pastries. Yeah, this is a confession. It is. Yeah, confession. (laughs) We love visiting bakeries. We love cookies and muffins. And we had a great scone just this last weekend. That scone was unbelievable. So good. Brownies. Oh, man. Just warm, hot brownies. But we're pastry addicts, right? I think so. Yeah. (laughs) We definitely do it in moderation. So we're not eating pastries every single day. But we have one particular pastry that we really like. That was probably our first love, and now we've discovered a lot more, but donuts. Like, we like donuts a lot. They're so good. They're incredible. I mean, there's something about that texture, especially when they're fresh and there's sugar inside of it, but it's deep fried and grease. And then you've got frosting just slathered all over the top. I mean, they're just mind blowing. You sink your teeth in and your taste buds explode. Unbelievable. Well, our first love to a donut was a particular kind of donut, and it was called a Krispy Kreme. So this Krispy Kreme has this amazing glaze, but we like the kind that are glazed, but we like the ones that are actually filled with this white, incredible sweet frosting. Like, it's just, I don't even know how to explain it, but yeah. it's like from heaven. It is a literal piece of heaven. And the first time we ever had it, I think, was in the year 2000. That was yeah. a long time ago. Most people, at least up where we live in the United States of America and in, in Minnesota, most people had never even heard of at Krispy Kreme. Nope. We were at a hotel. They served them as part of the breakfast and we sunk our teeth into it. And, you know, there wasn't a hole. It's right. just this this donut and it's filled with this white cream that is mind-blowing is. good. I think I've said mind-blowing did, like yeah. 10 times. Well, we don't have Krispy Kreme here in Minnesota anymore. Um, we had had them not that long ago, but they they disappeared. Well, we were on our trip just a few weeks ago, and we drove into this town, and we quickly noticed there there was a Krispy Kreme as we were heading to our resort. We're like, oh, we remember, like we will stop there. Well, throughout the week, we were just doing stuff, playing outside, doing all these things. Well, there was one day it was kind of cold and rainy, so we thought this is the perfect day. Yeah, this is the day, day that we will drive back to the Krispy Kreme. We'll get our favorite donut with a cup of coffee. We ride a game with and cards, and we'll you know we'll play in the lobby for a little while as we're eating this stuff. Well, we walk into this Krispy Kreme, and the whole interaction was kind of awkward. The gentleman that that welcomed us. It wasn't kind of. It was super awkward. (laughs) Crazy awkward. He came in and he welcomed us. Well, kind of. It was just weird. And then so I'm like, I went on to explain the donut that I was looking for. He's like, well, we don't have those today. And I was like, what do you mean? Like, this is a staple at Krispy Kreme. And then, so I'm like, okay, so we ordered something else that just definitely wasn't as good or wasn't what we were expecting. And then I said, and then we'll take two coffees. Well, he poured out the coffee in our mug, and I was like, 
it must have been like a week old. It was it was so super thick cold and muddy and just gross. It was awful coffee. So yeah. so we have this weird interaction. We our favorite donut isn't there, and we don't even get the coffee that we like. And by the way, just to clarify, when we first walked in the door, he's like, "And look who's here!" Oh yeah, and he said it like we were trash or bad people or something. I don't just, know what he was he trying was to get at. But I'm like, we've never met you before. Why do you right. have such a weird opinion and a terrible greeting? <laughs> Well, again, you guys here, Krispy Kreme was our favorite place, and we had this bad experience. It wasn't good at all, and we left, and we're just like, wow, that was just really weird. Like, here, we thought Krispy Kreme was our favorite. Now, we're second-guessing. Like, right, right. should we even ever go back? Because it was such a not good experience. Well, two days later, we were heading home, and we thought, man, our kids love Krispy Kreme. They like it as much as we do. We will drop off some donuts at their house. But then we talked about it. We're like, should we really go back to <laughs> that Krispy Kreme? Yeah, yeah. We wondered. Second guessed it. Well, we decided, you know what? We're going to do it. So 6.30 a.m. on a Friday morning, we pull into the Krispy Kreme. We jump out of the car, hoping that it's going to be a good experience. And we walk in and instantly the manager is like, Good morning. And he Aww. runs up to the front. He grabs the paper that you put donuts in, two pieces of paper, and he he wraps these fresh donuts that he just pulled from that donut conveyor belt yeah. with the fresh, oh, hot Krispy Kremes on it. And he holds them out to us, and he says, have a free sample on me. And yeah. we're like, wow, like this is crazy we, experience. He could have gave us a million dollars at that point. Yeah. Like we we were like, wow, this is unbelievable. Just the that he was so kind. Yeah, he and was so welcoming. Amazingly and kind. And not awkward or weird. No. Well, then we looked at the donut case and all of our favorite donuts were in there. It was a filled donut case. We walked up to the cash register and we like ordered two cups of coffee because we smelt this fresh brewing coffee that filled the whole Krispy Kreme. And we're like, we knew that it was fresh. Well, he went to continue on talking to us about our life and was so kind. And we walked away, went back in our car, started driving home. And that's when it hit us. We stopped and we talked about these two completely separate Krispy Kreme experiences. Yeah, so different. I mean, one had terrible old coffee. The other one had piping hot, fresh coffee. I think I almost burnt my tongue on the coffee. It was so delicious, hot, fresh. But yeah, night and day different. I mean, one just made you want to run from the building called Krispy Kreme. And yep. the other one made you want to like bring your sleeping bag yeah. and sleep there. Like this guy showed us so much attention and he wasn't awkward or weird. He was just like, hey, oh, you're from Minnesota. I used to live in Wisconsin for a little while and just talked about how great the Midwest was yeah, and was just really tried to connect with us. Great guy. And wow, those samples were unbelievable. They were great. And you know what he did? He restored our faith <laughs> in Krispy Kreme. We are Krispy Kreme believers. Again, like we will go back. Well, we tell you that story because we know and we believe that environments matter. How people make you feel when you walk into the room that matters. It matters a ton. And certainly the way people act, the way they make you feel, all impact the environment. The environment itself has a big, uh, you know, kind of impact on how somebody is enjoying themselves. But man, how they're interacted with is huge. So why is there a need to engineer environments? I mean, the, the title of this podcast is Environmental Engineering for Your Marriage. And when I say the title of this podcast, I mean this episode. Yep. And so why do we need to do that? Well, because engineers create and build 
build things that are generally solutions to problems. And there are a lot of marriages. There are a lot of families, a lot of homes that need some environmental engineering. They need some help. And here's the thing. How you behave in your home environment is setting the tone for your marriage and your family. It just does. So here's what we're really trying to communicate. You have the power to be the solution in your home, in your marriage, by creating a great environment for your spouse, by creating a great environment for your marriage, your children, your family, your home. I mean, you have that power within you. I love how you specify that setting the tone in your environment, in your home, really sets a tone for your marriage, but and also your family. I remember growing up in a home that was actually volatile and where everyone kind of walked on eggshells. And that's what set the tone for our home. It led to fear and lack of peace. When I grew up, I really didn't necessarily want to go home. Once I left, I'm like, I don't want to go home. I didn't want to have to go home. I also didn't want to have to invite friends over. I wasn't in an environment where I'm like, yes, come on over. And I'm so hospitable. I love having people over, but it was a home that I just didn't want to invite people over. It wasn't a place of rest or relaxation. The environments that my parents created within our home was actually really stressful for me as a kid. And looking back, I'm like, they had the ability to set a tone of peace. And that was me as their kid. But what can we do for our own marriages and for our own families now? Yeah. Isn't it interesting how your mom and dad or that marriage and how they interacted with each other? I mean, that made a huge difference in the kind of home that you lived in, Don, night and day when you were growing up, but also just kind of had a huge impact on you as a person, kind of left an indelible mark. It did. And not one that you couldn't overcome, but I mean, it was it was tough. It, it's a challenge it, yes, in terms absolutely. of, you know, looking back at your childhood and feeling pain. But you know what? It actually helps me really realize the power that we have to create a tone, to create an environment that is either positive or negative or fear-based or joy-based. Yeah, and I think that's a a huge, important piece that just like the home can be a difficult, hard, hostile, or, you know, tough home, I mean, the environment can be completely opposite of that, a wonderful, incredible, loving home. I know as we talked about this a little bit further, we came up with a list of different environments that we have seen in other people's homes or environments that we know can be created. These tend to lean negative. These are the negative environments that we have seen, such as the hostile or volatile environment, which is the kind of one that I grew up in, or the unstable environment where there's constantly threats of divorce or people throwing in the towel. The insecure environment where you don't know where your relationship is from day to day. You don't know if they love you or appreciate you. The relationship lacks relational glue, so it causes this insecurity. Or there's the fear environment, the fear of violence or, or fear of someone, you know, cheating on you, committing adultery, or, you know, because your spouse is just a wild card. That's an environment that people can create. Or the emotionally charged environment where most things are an emotional reaction and instead of intentionality or proactivity, it's just emotionally charged. Yeah. And constantly a reaction rather than, you know, being driven by logic or positive feelings or things that need to happen yeah. or should be done. It's like, oh, I feel this emotion. I'm just just going to react. 
And people have the ability as well to create a spiritual desert, an environment where faith isn't active, where people rarely attend church, and there is no strong moral values that, that they know that are created in that environment. So when we think of home environments that are dysfunctional, dangerous, or unstable, we often hear the word toxic. Maybe you've worked at a company that was awful. Well, you would maybe say that was a toxic environment. That's exactly the way a marriage can be, but it's a super generic term. The key is to take responsibility for yourself in your marriage and in your home. You're creating an environment. What type of environment do you want to create? You're the environmental Environmental engineer. engineer. (laughs) Yeah, that's the whole point is you're helping to create this environment and so much of what we don't do because we sit around and we just let it happen or let it become bad or sour or toxic. And then so much of what we do do or what we can do, the influence, the the things that we can say have a huge or or live out, the actions have a huge impact on the environment that we're creating for our marriage and our family and our home. Absolutely. Yep. All right. So it's time to roll up our sleeves. How do you engineer an environment in your home and marriage that is healthy, peaceful, and filled with love? We kind of talked about and focused on, you know, the negative side, like here's the toxic and and we want to get environments, yep. further than the label toxic yep. and really give you guys some things to chew on. But what about the flip side, the healthy, peaceful and love filled environments? Well, just like environments matter, how you live and interact and move within your marriage and home will shape and build the environment that you and your spouse and your family must live in. Here's the point. It all starts with you, your thoughts your words, your behavior, and how you act and how you respond. So starting with thoughts, thinking good thoughts, thinking positive thoughts, putting your mind on the things that God would want you to think about, but also your words. So often we have negative things pop into our mind, and it's time to not let those things drop out of our minds, into our mouths, and out uh, through our tongue and, and into the ears of our spouse or our kids. And so really holding back the words that shouldn't come uh, out of our mouths. And then our behavior, just remembering that the way we act, the way we behave, and even the positive things like, man, being able to have acts of service or thinking about uh, not being selfish and not putting yourself first. Those are huge. You know, in Galatians 5.22, it just really tells us how we should live and what should be coming in and out of our lives. It says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Man, this is the kind of fruit that we want in our lives. This is how we want to engineer the environments that we live in. Yeah, these are the best kind of uh, pieces. If you want to say maybe building blocks or tools that we can have to be able to have that, you know, be that environmental engineer. These are called, again, like you mentioned, Don, the fruits of the Spirit because they come from the Holy Spirit. And they are also environments in someone's marriage and home. A home can have an environment of kindness, love, gentleness, and peace. And any home or marriage with these qualities, man, they're going to be a great place to live, a that's great what, marriage, a great relationship. Yeah, that's where I, I want to live. I know we are not perfect in any way, but man, if we can try to create those environments, when people walk in our home, when our kids, when our grandkids, when even just guests come in our home, they're going to feel it. We are setting the tone. Or Travis, even when you come home from work, 
Like that's the environment that I want to create for you. I want you to feel like you're coming to a home filled with love and peace and that I'm excited to see you, that you matter, that I'm not on my phone walking in, that, you know, I, there's just an environment that I really want to create and vice versa. I want you to create that for me. Yeah. There's something about just leaving it all behind, coming home and being excited to see one another yeah. and making sure I'm not allowing the stress of my day or the negativity of my day to be dumped into your soul or your ears. And and, and just really focusing on each other and nurturing one yep. another. It's so funny because we're not dog people. But if you think about a dog, how a dog responds or reacts when the owner comes home, they go crazy. They are they jumping and panting it's and awesome. running and they're so excited. Can you imagine if that's how people treated each other, either spouses or even honestly, when our kids come home, if that's how we treated them, what type of environment would that create? So I'm not comparing us to dogs in any way, but their actions. Like, yeah. It's incredible. We could actually learn a lot from their actions. Yeah. Dogs are incredible. They're awesome. We're not dog people, but no. we love them. And you're right. I mean, that's a, a great example. Again, we're talking about the fruits of the spirit. We read this. The author, Paul the Apostle says, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. I mean, those are things that are just pouring out of somebody. But then Paul, the author of this chapter, he goes on and he tells us how people who have allowed the Holy Spirit into their lives and are producing these kinds of great behavior, he gives us the secret on how they got there. Yes. You want to tell everybody what he says, You know Don? what? It says in verse 24 of Galatians chapter 5, those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified him there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. So they nailed their selfishness and their own desires to the cross, and they are now being led by the Holy Spirit in every area of their lives. That's what we need to yeah. do, man. Like, Get rid of those selfish desires and follow the Holy Spirit's leading. Yeah, and I think that's how they've environmentally engineered their lives, their homes, their families, their marriages. Why? Because they have nailed their selfishness and their own desires to the cross. They're like, okay, this marriage, this home, this family is no longer about me and what I want every single time. I'm done being selfish. And they got on a hammer, they got on a nail, and they nailed it to the cross. Like, that's why the fruits of the Spirit are exploding in their lives. That's why, in terms of environmental engineering, it's time to get a nail, a hammer, yeah. and think about the cross of Jesus and go, okay, I'm done. I'm done being a spoiled brat. I'm done always wanting my way. And then instead, when you nail those selfish things about yourself to the cross and you die to yourself, then you you let the Holy Spirit, those other things, kind of pop up or bu bubble up up inside of you. And again, those are the fruits of the Holy Spirit. So here's the challenge. Just stop and do some self-reflection. Ask yourself, in what area have I been selfish? And also, how can I better live by the Spirit and follow His leading in my life? It all comes down to just taking the time and really reflecting on those two very important questions. Yeah, self-reflection is so important. It's just honesty and it's just saying, hey, I want to change. Yeah. I want to do what I can to make a difference. Kind of like how we started off this episode. Like, look, you have what you say, what you think, and your actions have a huge impact on your marriage yep. relationship, on your family, on your home. You get to so, choose the tone. You get right. to choose the environment that you're living in and that your kids are living in. What do you want that to look yeah, like? Yeah, taking responsibility. What kind of person am I going to be? So at the end of the day, 
it doesn't matter how great the donut tastes, right? Yeah. Uh, the environment, kind of like that first time we walked into Krispy Kreme, the environment and the experience, it has a huge impact on the taste of that yeah. donut. doesn't matter how good it is. Yeah, that was a bad experience, wasn't it, Don, that right. first time? And it made us not want to go back. And here's the best way to explain that. I mean, you could go out and spend $80 on a steak, you know, the best steak in the world. But if somebody's sitting there in your face yelling at you the whole time, time you're eating this incredible steak it wouldn't matter how good that steak tastes it wouldn't be worth it be like no I'm done with this this is not worth it I don't care and so it's like going back to that good Krispy Kreme experience like oh I want to live here I want to bring my sleeping bag right you'll never really remember the details around something but you'll always remember how it made you feel So when you're creating an environment that you want to live in and your family wants to live in Remember, how is it making people feel? How does your spouse feel? How do your kids feel? How do your guests walking in the door feel when they come into your home? That's the environment you're going to create. And honestly, I just want to challenge you to really try to do what the Bible says and create an environment of love, joy, peace, like and follow the Holy Spirit's leading. With that, we just want to thank you for listening to this episode of the Loving the Fight Marriage Podcast. Remember, guys, you can do it. You got this. Keep loving the fight. We'll see you next time. <laughs>